you are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 11th of October. The final preseason game tonight in Sacramento. We'll talk about what the Jazz have going there. Is freedom of movement as big a deal as the hand check change? Some news and notes around the NBA. And what is possibly going on in Minnesota? It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky little numbers. And you can catch it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever podcast or you use and tell your smart speaker to play podcast locked on jazz uh jazz basketball tonight against sacramento i would love it if anybody wanted to try alexa uh if they have it um or if you've subscribed to tune in for their package and tell me if it works on google home uh i think you'll have to stream it through 1280 the zone um onto alexa see if that's the case um, I'll try to get an update on that and see where we are about getting it through the Utah Jazz, telling them to play. Uh, on every other team, you seem to be able to say, play Houston Rockets basketball. And then you get the Greg, great Craig Ackerman. So if you have Alexa and you want to try that tonight, uh, please let me know. Today's show is brought to you by Intercap Lending, Mazuma USA, and Vivid Seats. Uh, on the sponsor end of things, super appreciate your guys' support of our sponsors. Um, it's awesome. It allows the show to continue. It's been great. I, su- I appreciate it very much, and I appreciate those sponsors uh, that have enough faith in us. We're actually about 70% sold out for um, next season already, which is really cool. Um, so I guess that means we do have some spots available throughout the season, So, uh, but really pretty close to not, and super, super appreciate the support you guys have given. All right. Um, Sacramento today. What what do we want to see? So I my kind of vibe around the Jazz is that the Portland game was perfect. They they played terrible defense. They got waxed. They had a defensive rating of like one twenty five for much of the game, and that after playing you know otherwise the Jazz been MVP of the Australian League, and that gave the Jazz the opportunity and Quinn to dig in. All right, guys, and I talked about this a little bit this week that it's the the challenge that this group has is that they, they're going to have to find what their motivation is. They're going to have to find what it is that's going to push them to drive themselves the way they drove themselves on their, on their close of the season last year. Uh, so the big thing I would say today, even though Sacramento's not great, is to see defensively whether the Jazz are doing what they do. So, and that would be, there's, three, there's two aspects if you're watching the game tonight on NBA TV or locally or listening to it on your Alexa or on the radio. Um, the three things would be the following, or maybe two things. One is is the first part is, is um, quite simply, is transition defense. Are the Jazz getting back, building a decent wall, preventing uh, them from getting early looks and forcing them to play against a set defense? That's... That's when the Jazz are great. The Jazz were number one team in the NBA last year uh, after makes, uh, basically as the defense got set. Um, 
number number two thing that I would say, and this should be Sacramento does not have great shot distribution, but the, is watch Sacramento shot distribution. So Sac, Sacramento, you know, quite frankly, is is not have very good shot distribution. So this is probably not something that um, is going to jump a huge amount, but. You know, the Jazz last year allowed the fifth fewest shots in the restricted area, the sixth fewest three-point shots allowed, the fourth fewest corner threes allowed. Um, so they were one of the smartest defenses uh, in the league. Is that is the defense forcing teams into not allowing uh, or getting forcing them into shots that they that they wouldn't want? to see otherwise so those those are the two defensive things now sacramento is not a particularly high three-point rim rim team um and is not should you know i think sacramento will probably be actually i think sacramento will be the worst team in the league this year um so we'll see them again on opening night i do think that impacts tonight by the way i i think quinn shuts this thing down pretty quickly um and doesn't want sacramento to have a great deal of tape or feel of who the Utah Jazz are. I, I think having Sacramento in a football realm, like you certainly would never, right, last preseason game against the first opponent, you you go dummy. Um, I don't know if you do that in the NBA. That'll be my first question to Quinn in the coaches' show uh, today is whether or not you do that and whether you dummy it down a little bit. But I, I, I think you may see... Um, the Jazz pull the reins a little bit, at least at some point, because of that. The other one I, I was thinking to myself, if I was Quinn, is do you go play some some zone defense tonight? He's fiddled around with it at times during training camp, and is tonight the night where you go play zone defense? Um, because it's probably not something you're going to do during the regular season a great deal, but and so this is your last chance to go try something of that sort. Um, so I had that thought as a possibility uh, of whether or not you might try something of that. On the offensive side of things, uh, similar breakdown to what I just mentioned. So one is transition. Pass ahead, pass over the top, pass across. You've heard, I think that phrase has been mentioned in a media session this year by um, Donovan and Joe. Can the Jazz push the tempo out of and gets a, get the offense started earlier. That's a that's an emphasis, and frankly, it's an emphasis to get some threes out of that. And then that's the second thing in our final preseason game. I would watch is our shot distribution. Uh, the Jazz so far are of the fifth best amount of sh- of threes and restricted area, but I would say a large part of that is playing Australia, and the fact that the Australian teams. Uh, don't aren't trained to go that far out. Their line's not as far, and they're not trained to take away the three. It's a driving league because there's no bigs. And so the Jazz got a tremendous amount of three looks against the Adelaide 36ers, and I, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. They got a lot against Portland too, frankly. Um, but I think that's important. I'd like to see 50% of our shots being threes uh, tonight. It It shows the emphasis that the Jazz are trying to put on that. Uh, and if you look around the league, we talked about this yesterday on the show, which I actually thought was really interesting. If you didn't hear yesterday's show, it's probably worth going back and grabbing, is the shot distribution around the league, that there just seems to be a huge separation between the teams doing it and the teams not doing it. And the Jazz are 
trying as hard as they can to become a rim three team at an elite level of the way Houston was last year. The Clippers were, um, and that's a huge focus uh, by the Jazz there. So those are the things that I would watch. I actually would say I guess the third one offensively is high passes. Uh, that's been a key, a key phrase you've heard a little bit throughout camp uh, from the Jazz is high passes. You've heard Rudy talk about it. You've heard Quinn talk about it. Uh, you've heard Joe talk about it. I think you've heard Ricky talk about it. So there clearly is something when four or five people mention it to what that is, and I would try to keep an eye on the on the high passes um, as well. So those are those are the things for preseason game. I'm not trying to over. Don't misunderstand this. I'm not trying to overplay. Um, the importance of preseason game number, you know, five. Like, the the goal of tonight is to get out, right? Like, to not have any of the terrible things that have happened to DeJounte Murray and everything else. That's our our goal is to go get out of the game more than anything else. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Intercap Lending. Intercap Lending's really um, a neat company because they're on the rise and, and they're having an impact in Utah and they've done some amazing things Um I like to take a lot of credit for it. It's probably uh, not true. Uh, they have amazing growth from two branches to 11 br- branches now in Tooele, two in Utah County. What they are is a 40-year-old uh, lending company, one of the largest independent lending companies. In April of 2016, they moved their headquarters to Utah. They're now employing well over 200, 300 people in Utah. Uh, and what the reason they're having this success is relationships and flexibility. So the flexibility is they service your own loan. They have long-term relationships. We did our refinance with Steve Carter and Intercap Lending. They still have our loan. Uh, 385-800-8528 is the number for Steve. I remember when Steve said, okay, you know how easy it is to order a pizza? Like when all H is broken loose in your life and nothing else is working as a parent, you're like, all right, we're ordering pizza. Give me the app. I'm just ordering pizza, right? He's like, we're going to do the best we can with some government regulations of making the mortgage just like that. And that's exactly what he did. That's the ingenuity, the flexibility, the personal touch that Intercap Lending spends. 385-800-8528. The other one that you kind of just see is the beginning of these great Google reviews um, about them. Uh, Tanner Lacey, I worked with Steve Carter. It's by far the best experience I've had with a lender. I would agree 100%. Steve was always on top of everything, was in constant contact with me uh, and my builder to make sure everything was moving along great he was super helpful there was one point in the process where we hit a little uh bit of a speed bump and not only did steve help us get over it he stayed until 8 p.m on a friday making sure we had the paperwork and information ready for a third party work with you know what that's actually exactly what happened we had a moment in ours where i was negligent about getting some documents places we were about to leave on a long road trip steve carter came in and took care of it intercap lending nmls gotta do that gotta do this Nineteen zero four sixty five. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is in the business to allow you to go experience your favorite athletes, artists, live and in person. And for new customers to Vivid Seats, you get $20 off a $200 purchase. Go to Vivid Seats on your app store, be it Google or Apple. Download the app. First-time customers $20 off 200 Is it going to see a BYU football game, a Utah football game, or to go see the Jazz, maybe even against the Warriors on opening night? And the way you're going to get your seats is Vivid Seats. 
Download the app, get the experience. All purchases are 100% guaranteed. Vivid Seats wants to make sure that you get the great experience of being at your favorite things live and do it with $20 off your $200 or more purchase the first time you use Vivid Seats. That's Vivid Seats. Go to Apple. Google and use the promo code locked on. I probably should have told you that the first time. Promo code locked on. Did you hear me? I said promo code locked on to get your $20 off your $200 purchase. That's promo code locked on. All right, Kevin Pelton wrote a fascinating piece uh, about the rule changes of freedom of movement. It is the talk of training camp, it is the talk of the coaches in the league, it is the talk of the players in the league, it is the talk of practices in the league. It okay, never mind. Jimmy Butler is the talk of all those things in the league. That is nuttiness. If you did not hear the story, Jimmy Butler went to practice yesterday having pre-orchestrated a call, the night before he calls Rachel Nichols or his representation does and says I want to do an interview. Then goes to practice, tells him he's only going to be there for an hour. He's not going to do the full practice. He's just going to do his practice. Goes in, screams at Scott Layden that you beep and need me to win. Goes in and grabs all Luel Dang and a bunch of third stringers and younger players and goes and plays one-on-one against Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, who he evidently just must hate, to try to prove a point, evidently win some of the games. And then, my time is up, Mike Drop leaves to go do his interview with Rachel Nichols that he had set up before while the whole time feeding Woj all the details, either he or his agent. Unbelievable story. I mean, there's so much negligence here. It's un- it's amazing. Part of the reason Minnesota can't trade Jimmy Butler is because of Jimmy Butler, by the way. Like, that's not – like, let's not – let's not miss out that that's part of the issue here in all of this is that Jimmy Butler is part of the problem. Not – I know he's a great player and everything – but part of this is Jimmy Butler. The second thing that is is taking place is I don't, I don't like, and I don't know how to tell someone else to do their job. But, but like, did Tom Thibodeau like relish in this and think this was great? Like, what are you doing as the head coach and the GM, letting someone just show up for your practice and leave an hour later, and like? run the practice to the point which he's, like, grabbing players and who you're playing with. Like, where's the institutional control in the Minnesota Timberwolves? Like, if these stories are true and they're all reported the same, which means they're all coming from the same source, which is probably his agent, and, and, and I, I, I'm assuming to believe them, what is up? Kind of, not kind of crazy, one of the most bizarre, insane NBA stories I've ever heard. Like, seriously, what is going on? And how does this happen? And how does someone let it happen, I think, is probably the bigger question in my mind. All right. What I was going to say is the biggest story in the league is freedom of movement. So the league has made an incredible emphasis after watching, frankly, I think after watching the Rockets and the Warriors and all the isolation and how bad that basketball was to change the rules. And what they have done is they are absolutely emphasizing freedom of movement and the people inside the league believe that this is going to be 
as big a deal and a revolution of the game as the hand check rule. When they got rid of the hand check rule, they, they, they truly believe this is a game changer. Now, so far in preseason, 25 fouls a game instead of 21, and 64% of them are non-shooting variety. Kevin Pelton doing great work on this. A little bit of what you do is if you limit pick and roll, you limit isolation. Okay, if you allow off-ball movement, J.J. Reddick, Clay Thompson, Paul George, Bradley Beal, C.J. McCollum are all having unbelievable camps in preseasons. You're, if you allow those guys freedom of movement, coming off picks, shooting, catching, getting their looks, then to some extent you eliminate some pick and roll. If you eliminate some pick and roll, you eliminate some switching. If you eliminate the switching, you eliminate the isolation. So that's off the ball. On the ball, if you limit, if allow the player movement a little bit better, then you eliminate the clutching and grabbing of Rudy Gobert and everyone else. There was an incredible article yesterday in the Houston Chronicle with P.J. Tucker talking about Houston's defense. Yesterday in the Houston Chronicle, they... They talked about Houston's switching defense and the four principles to Houston defense. And the fourth and final one was grab him. Literally grab him. Pretty. The, and so what is this going to do to their freedom of movement idea was the article. But. P.J. Tucker said, I feel like it was made against us. They feel, I mean, again, this is where there is a huge emphasis on this. But the Rockets' rules for their switching defense was talk it, touch it, switch it, grab it. So foul. And that's exactly what happened with our series with the Rockets. In game number two, we slipped those picks. Guys got to the basket. Rolled to the basket. In game two, they grabbed. In game three, they grabbed. In game four, they grabbed. In game five, they grabbed. And then we couldn't move. So the alteration here is you go try to switch a high pick and roll. And if the big can get on the bottom side, if the big's on the bottom side, you switched up top. And he rolls to the basket. If no one can grab him, we've got Rudy at a high pass above the rim. I don't know if it's an advantage. It's a disadvantage if you're grabbing a whole team, which we might, by the way, on the, as I pointed out the other day, I'm not sure this helps us defensively on freedom of movement. Like, we got guys that hold and grab. Royce, Joe, Ricky, there's, that's part of their defense. We're going to prohibit your movement so that you're going certain directions and things like that. I think that can be, that can have some difficulty uh, for us as well. But the Last year, there were 54% of fouls were non-shooting variety. This, so far in the preseason, it's 64. Pelton points out that that is usually a pretty good indicator of where we're heading. So, should be super interesting to watch this. This is a big story. This is the number one story they're talking about in the league. Coaches have got to be aware of it. T- teaching defense differently. Forearm bars are acceptable hands-on or not, grabbing the hip, not, wrapping around off the ball, not. Those are fouls. Monty McCutcheon's given a lot of quotes that, you know, the the comment that I'll probably make as well 
As the season goes on, the officials will let up. His point is they shouldn't. If they do, that's that's a failure on our part as officials. We should be calling this the same way in October and November as we are in December. Whether they do that or not, we'll see. All right, some interesting news and notes from around the NBA uh, coming up. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by Mazuma USA. If you're a small business owner and you have between one and five employees, you should be using Mazuma USA. The pain point is you hate doing your books. You hate trying to find 12 months of information at the end of the year for your taxes. You're into building your business, and then you got to do this. So Mazuma does it for you. At an introductory rate of $75 a month, Mazuma takes care of all your bookkeeping and all of your reports, unlimited consultation with a CPA, personal and tax business tax return. Every month you get a business report to know where you are. Every quarter you get a tax update and have a call about where your taxes are. You sign up. You get an orientation call with your bookkeeper and CPA. They are assigned to you. They're not changing every month or anything like that. You get your first set of reports, then the tax plan discussion, and it moves on from there. There's no contract. You can cancel any time, and there's no hidden fees. MazumaUSA.com. Promo code LOCKED, and the number is 801-980-2102. 801-980-2102. If you are a small business owner between one and five people, Call Mazuma USA. Worst thing that happens, you find out it's not that good a deal for you. Best thing that happens, they take the crap off your plate, right? 801-980-2102. That's 801-980-2102. There's a lot of interesting things going in the NBA. Uh, Zach Lowe had this great tier piece this week. Um, I think it's really interesting that Zach says, and I this is going to be curious for me to watch. Uh, I By the way, I love watching these things because after I make these thoughts or predictions, I don't know that they're actually going to come true. Like, I'm guessing. But he has he says that Boston's team is built so it should be a top-five offense. This is going to be an interesting test in regards to points gained because points gained would tell you that they will not be a top-five offense because of the fact that they are have so many Marcus Smart, Marcus Morris negative players. So many players that bring the numbers down that they won't be able to be a top five offense. This will be, I think, an interesting test to see whether or not that's true. Because you would think with Kyrie Irving and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Al Horford and Gordon Hayward that, that that would happen. And Brad Stevens, the genius coach, that that would happen. But... We're going to find out. I think it's going to be super interesting to see whether or not they actually are. The other one that's really interesting, and listening to Craig Ackerman and uh, the Rockets broadcast recently and all that, is they're very confident that Trevor Reza, Luke Bamute are going to be easily replaceable. And probably they're right. right. I think we're overplaying the Rockets losing those guys. What I'm not overplaying, frankly, is that Carmelo Anthony's negative presence is coupled with the loss of above-average players in a reason in Bamute actually comes out negatively the same impact on points gained as LeBron's presence on the Lakers. Okay, so Carmelo is the linchpin for me on everything Rockets-related. If he's as inefficient and bad as he was last year, which everyone 
talks about and goes crazy about how bad he was, and he was, then you know, then all these other things, then he, then he's, then he's killing them, right? So, um, the, and that's really what there is to be said about it. Now, what's interesting on Carmelo is, is this actually, was he actually that inefficient in Oklahoma City? Or is this actually a reoccurring theme? In 16-17, he was a negative .7 points gained. In 15-16, still with the Knicks, by the way, in both of these circumstances, Carmelo was a negative .5 points gained. And in 14-15, he was negative .2. So in the last three years, he's gone from negative 0.2 to negative 0.5 to negative 0.6, and then last year he was a mess. So I think there actually is some legitimacy that he shouldn't be as bad as he was last year. But the other thing I think any of you can say when you heard those numbers, Carmelo last year was a negative 1.7, is he had a role change last year where he suddenly didn't play with the ball in his hands as much. Two, there has been a progressive fade going on here. Negative 0.2, negative 5 point, negative points. Probably doesn't take you to negative 1.7 like it was a year ago. But it's still significant. James Ennis is a career 36% three-point shooter. He's bounced around to a bunch of teams. You know what? Pretty similar to what Trevor Ariza was at that point in his career. Ariza, though, is a 40% catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. And this is a 35% catch-and-shoot shooter. That's a big that's a big difference. I mean, it's not mammoth. It's five percentage points, but it's it's a little bit of a um it's a little bit of a difference. Like, I wouldn't minimize it. Um the other one is and this is just an you know, their depth. And Gerald Green's gonna get an increased role in all of this. So I think you probably can look at Gerald Green and say, okay, you know, we got to pro- look at him a little bit. But Michael Carter-Williams is their backup point guard taking those minutes. Michael Carter-Williams can't shoot at all. Like, at all. The Michael Carter-Williams catch-and-shoot numbers the last year are 24 and 26% from three. So you're not getting you know you're not getting a lot out of him. The So that I, I I that's where I do think that you know as much as I'm I guess my point here is there Carmelo is really the one that matters here. But this is a team that lives on the catch and shoot. Eric Gordon took 6 a game at 38% Trevor Reza took six a game at 40%. Gerald Green in 41 games took five a game. It's not like he's going to get that many more. He shot 36%. Ryan Anderson took five a game, shot 39%. Is Carmelo doing that? Because that's Carmelo's shots right there. P.J. Tucker took four a game at 38. Luke Pamute took three a game at 35%. Okay, well, that I don't know if that's Michael Carter-Williams. They play different positions, but they're pretty similar. He's not making 35%. There's a slip here. 
And the easy answer is, well, Carmelo, you know, the, the answer going in last year was Carmelo's such a good catch-and-shoot guy, it'll be fine, and this and that, and that, that just did not. Carmelo took 6.6 catch-and-shoots last year, and he made 40 he made 40% of them overall, 38% from three. But everything else was just terrible. So, if he gets wide open catch and shoots, Carmelo did make them last year. Um, by the way, uh, Zach Lowe in his piece referenced the favors, Gobert, Rubio, minus 15 before January. Um, and people keep saying to me, well, what about without Rodney Hood? Without Rodney Hood, they were minus seven, so they still weren't great. Um, and the other interesting one that he had, I'll be curious to watch this year, is that uh, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, Nikolai Jokic had a great defensive rating of 102.5. Um, Paul Millsap is incredible and defies all logics, but every number on Paul Millsap shows aging. So I think it'll be really curious to see whether or not he ages. All right, that is today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Tomorrow, I would love, over on the Locked on Jazz Facebook group, I want your thoughts on Culture Code. Um I actually am talking to Daniel Coyle tomorrow and interviewing him. We won't have – hopefully I'll have the show done before I do the interview. Uh, but anyway, that's – and we'll hopefully do a live show tomorrow. Uh, but that's a – I want to know your thoughts. We'll do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'll have that interview for you. Um, but I want your thoughts on the Culture Code interviews that took place with the Utah Jazz. Uh, go to our Locked On Jazz Facebook group. Uh, that's the marked announcement and get your thoughts on that. Thanks to Mizuma USA to intercap lending into Vivid Seats. Promo code locked on on that. Have a great day. Locked on NBA season previews continue on the Locked On Podcast Network.